Welcome to day 276 of season two of Shaped by the Word, the drama of Scripture. And so we're deeply enjoying the culmination of everything we've been preparing for this entire year as we look at the storyline of Scripture. Every bit of it is leading us in the path straight to the person of Jesus. And then, of course, once we get to the person of Jesus, we look back behind us and see where we've come from, and, and we see it in a whole new light. And Matthew does a wonderful job with this. We talked about yesterday, his favorite word is fulfill. And in what Jesus is doing and fulfilling the law and the prophets and uh, what he's doing and fulfilling so many of the types of the Old Testament and the prophecies of the Old Testament, he's bringing them into their fullest expression. And how beautiful that is when we see that in, in the person of Jesus. So as we come to chapter 9, we continue uh, in this very rich expression of, of the gospel. Um, as always, we, we, we stop and we pause and we realize reading Scripture is deeply personal. It's not you know something we do as an academic exercise. Uh, it's not something we do just to check off a box on, on the road to our discipleship plan, whatever that is. It's something we do to see the face of God, to hear the Word of God, to be formed by the Spirit through the power of God and to be conformed to the image of his son. So we always we always entrust ourselves to God for him to do his work in us as we read his word. So David, why don't you, you lift us up as we read? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we come before you humbly and simply ask you to awaken the eyes of our hearts to behold not only the, the words of Christ, but also his works as we see him in time and space, um, giving us glimpses time and time again of the restorative and nature uh, of the gospel. We thank you for Christ. We thank you for his faithfulness to us, for his life, for his death, for his resurrection. Uh, may we live uh, in all of that and in light of that for your glory. We pray all in the name of Jesus. Amen. In Matthew chapter 9. And Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the men, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. But this some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts, which is easier to say your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, Get up, take your mat, and go home. Then the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe, and they praised God, who had given such authority to man. As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn the meaning of this. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Then John's disciples came to him and asked, How is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? Jesus answered, How can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he's with them? time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, then they'll fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. 
Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst. The wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. While he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, My daughter has just died, but come and put your hand on her, and she will live. Jesus got up and went with him, and so did his disciples. Just then a woman came who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I'll be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. When Jesus entered the synagogue ruler's house and saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes, he said, Go away. The girl's not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand, and she got up. News of this spread through all of that region. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, a blind man came to him, and he asked them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Jesus warned them sternly, see that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the news about him all over the region. While they were going out, a man who was demon-possessed and could not talk was brought to Jesus. And when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute mute spoke. The crowd was amazed and said, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, it's by the prince of demons that he drives out demons. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. And you have to love the conclusions of this chapter when Jesus looks at people that you know we sometimes get a little bit disgusted with and get a little bit impatient with and are deeply bothered with you know the things that they do that are so far from the heart of god jesus sees them with compassion knowing that they're harassed and helpless and if there's anything that uh, describes us or this generation it's harassed and helpless like sheep uh, without a shepherd and, and of course we leading up to matthew reading in ezekiel you know talked about god's rebuke to the kind of shepherds the people had and has promised to one day send them a shepherd after his own heart and to send him a shepherd uh, that is just, uh, in fact, his servant David. So you have Mm -hmm. that happening here. Here is the shepherd, and here Mm -hmm. is the shepherd's heart Mm -hmm. expressed in all of this. I love verse 38, too, the invitation to... To kind of participate in this this harvest where he says, you know, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. You know, it's the Lord is the one who is mm-hmm. his harvest. He's the one who it's also his field, you know, and he's the one who sends out workers. And so just that reminder of you know, the Lord, the Lord does what the Lord does. He, he He's sovereign over all things. And yet there's this invitation from Jesus to us, you know, saying participate in the way that we participate is by going or being sent, mm-hmm. but also through prayer. You know, and I think that's the aspect that we minimize a lot of times. We we get so focused on the doing. What, what are we going to do? And Jesus yeah. says, pray, and that is doing. No, yeah, there's no doubt about it. There's nothing that you know, really reveals our self-sufficiency more that we strike off into the very endeavors to do God's work without lingering before God, uh, you know, to uh, 
uh, seek his you know to seek his presence mm-hmm. and, and that is you're right that is a, a big part of what it's doing and of course the invitation is to be a part of that harvest yeah. uh, you know paul could say i planted in the polis water but it's the lord who, who does the increase and i like the way that you emphasize that matt you know it's uh it's it's his work he's invited us to be a part of it even paul talks about good works he created beforehand so we could just walk in them mm-hmm. yeah uh, you know which is it, it, it is trying you know the sermon on the mount toast there's some persecution that's going to come along with that but what a great joy uh to be involved in this and to see what the you know see what the lord is doing mm-hmm. well i really love a good story and this narrative is so fun but um you know when the men take their friend who is paralyzed on a mat on a roof and push back tiles to drop him down before Jesus. And so this is like a big buildup, right? And then and then Jesus looks at him and, and says, take heart, your sins are forgiven. It's, it's it, you know, I kind of wonder what that man felt at the time when he was like, no, no, I'm paralyzed. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, Jesus goes straight to the greatest need, and that's what he always does mm. for us. Sometimes I think we take before him, you know, all these lists of things that we would like him yeah. to perform for us. But the greatest need is is the forgiveness of sin and the healing there, you know. And, and of course, we've talked about how this is divided into words and works. And of course, the greatest, uh, the greatest work is, is that work in which he restores us, cleanses us, and brings us into God's presence, you mm-hmm. know, by the forgiving of our sins. Foundational, yeah. you know, to everything else that is done. And it also brings the words and the works together in a nice way because uh, Jesus says, just so you know I have the power to uh, forgive sin, exactly. get up and walk. Mm-hmm. In other words, you have the outward visual, you know, visual, visual <laughs> easy for me to say. You have, the, you have the outward reality, you know, or the visualization of, uh, of yeah. the inward work exactly. of the healing. And it's all of these miracles are really mm-hmm. a demonstration of the restorative power of God. Uh, you see a lot of the outward effect in, in, in the you know, in the casting out of demons and the healing and the bringing back from life to death, uh, but they are a reflection of a deeper inward reality. You know that's happening in us. And, and you're right. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of us would rather have the outward works than the inward works. Mm-hmm. And if we were leave, left with just one choice, you know, do you want an outward manifestation of God or an inward? You know, where He heals and does everything that you want in your your circumstances, or the the deeper inward. I hope we would choose inward every time. And we'll see later on too when Jesus begins. You know, the messaging gets a little tougher; that the crowds get a little thinner. So we definitely like to follow Jesus for the the stuff that he. Yeah, there, uh, there's able to there's perform. no doubt. Uh, mm-hmm. You you move from you know tens of thousands of people you know to or you know or, or you know five thousand men, which is probably ten thousand in the crowd, four thousand. Men, which is probably at least eight thousand in the crowd, maybe even more, down to one hundred and twenty disciples mm-hmm. in the upper room. So as the message gets harder, the uh, the delight of just hearing a good message and uh, the entertainment factor of seeing all these powerful works being done mm-hmm. uh, gives way to the call you know, for discipleship, mm-hmm. which we're about to see in chapter ten mm-hmm. as it takes yeah. place. Matt, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you. For the reminder that you are, um, you're gracious, you're kind, you're powerful. Um, you don't just um, meet our, our perceived needs, but you meet our actual needs as well. And, and so, Father, we we marvel at um, who you are. We marvel at what you've done uh, in Christ Jesus. We 
We respond to his words or he reminds us that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And, and so, Father, it's, it's your harvest. Um, we ask that you would send workers, send us um, into your harvest field. And, and Father, would um, you get much glory through it. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm.